This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 555, What If We Only Bought the Stuff We Loved? by Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Sunday, and welcome back to Optimal Living Daily, a podcast with a vision of bringing hundreds of blogs to audio for free. Here I currently read from a bunch of different personal development and minimalism blogs like The Minimalist, Mark and Angel, Steve Pavlina, Derek Sivers, and many more, all with their permission. And I'm gonna try this whole week to do sort of minimalist how-to posts. There's a good chance you're interested in minimalism if you're listening to this podcast. So I'm starting out with a post from Jay Money, who's regularly featured on the Optimal Finance Daily podcast. But I'm gonna give you a break from any promotional content, so let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. What if we only bought the stuff we loved? By Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com. I came across an article by Kathleen, Frugal Portland, the other day, and I absolutely loved the idea she threw out to our audience regarding the stuff we fill our lives with. She had been inspired by a quote she read in an NPR article on compulsive shopping, which in itself was good. Quote, you can never get enough of what you don't really need, unquote. But I personally was more drawn to what she blogged about shortly thereafter. Quote, what if instead we only bought things that we loved? What if when we looked through our homes, we saw only the things we absolutely adored on the wall, bookshelf, cabinets, and closets? We'd have less, certainly, but we'd feel like we had more, unquote. So true. Imagine looking around your entire house right now and appreciating everything that was inside of it. The furniture, the decorations, your clothes, the spoons. Okay, so you don't have to love everything in your house, but you get the point. It's not that easy to do, of course, but it still doesn't mean you can't strive for it if you think it would improve your quality of life, or at the least, your wallet for that matter. Reminds me of some of the things I've tried recently along the same lines. Number one, keep only the clothes I love and use. In a fit of minimalism over the summer, I decided to give away or donate every last article of clothing I either didn't like much or never used, which literally accounted for about 97% of my entire wardrobe. I went nuts. And for a while it worked out really well until my favorite clothes started unraveling and deteriorating with every new use. It's been about six plus months now and I still haven't come up with a solution other than going out to buy new clothes, which I'm not good at. So in this regard, it's kind of working, but also kind of not. Number two, only invest in stocks I use or believe in. Or rather, only invest my IRA money into stocks that I use and believe in. Places such as Target, Panera Bread, TJ Maxx, Amazon, etc. I figured I spent all my money there anyways, and the rest of the world seems to as well, so how could you really go wrong? Well, the jury's still out on whether it was a smart move or not. I haven't looked at the numbers in detail recently. But the last time I poked in, we were doing just fine. All of the stocks had gone up with the exception of one, and I've pretty much just let them be ever since. I'll be moving my investment money around soon with a post to follow but the overall point was that I was investing my money into companies I really like. Footnote, I don't advise doing this. I'm a dummy when it comes to stock picking and like to test things out in my own manner to see if I can outsmart myself. The majority of my money is invested in more conservative mutual funds, not individual stocks. Number three, only work on projects I love and believe in. As you've probably noticed, I'm still blogging here on Budgets Are Sexy and that's because it's a passion project of mine along the same lines of rockstarfinance.com too. Now, could I be making more money doing something else? Most certainly. But until I'm forced to, I continue pouring my heart into these two guys, hoping they'll produce enough green so I don't have to do all the stuff we hate doing just for the money. 
I still have to do some of it, of course, because you can't ever wipe all the nonsense away, but at least it's skewed towards what makes me happy. Number four, only buying things at yard sales and thrift shops that's worth birthday money. This is a new one I'm trying, and so far so good. I've realized over time that I treat money differently depending on where I've received it. If it's work money, it goes to the bills. If it's birthday money, it goes to only really awesome stuff. And when I ask myself if the object in my site is worth the birthday money, it helps me make decisions much, much faster. You can't do this with bills and other stuff we're required to pay in order to live, but you sure can with all the extras in our life. So now everything I pick up better really excite me or my cash is staying in my pockets. I'm sure I've tried a handful of other similar things as well, all in the pursuit to maximize happiness and minimize clutter, both mental and physical. Maybe you do too? In that same article, Kathleen then went on to list the six questions you should ask yourself before you pick up that next shiny thing in your hands, which are all great, no doubt about it, but a bit too many to remember on the spot compared to my simple birthday money one. Number one, why am I here? Number two, how do I feel? Number three, do I need this? Number four, what if I wait? Number five, how will I pay for it? Number six, and where will I put it? The six is probably the most important one, at least for reformed hoarders like myself. One of the things I learned from all these minimalism books and articles was that if you bring something home, you should then throw or donate something else away to keep the same number of things in your home with the future goal of decreasing this number, of course. It's also a question any antique lover is very familiar with. I swear my mom asks herself this at 50% of the yard sales we hit up. Anyway, something good to think about over the weekend. I'll leave you with another idea from the newly engaged Kathleen, congrats, off that same post. It's all about getting your mind right. Quote, what if we could make saving as satisfying as shopping? I know there's a rush of excitement, however short-lived, that comes with having new clothes or shoes, but it wears off. We seek the high, and once our new cute things are just our things that maybe we didn't like all that much in the first place, we seek that hit. I get the same high from throwing money into savings. You just listened to the post titled, What If We Only Bought the Stuff We Loved? by Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com. And you can hear a lot more from Jay Money on our spinoff podcast, Optimal Finance Daily. That's a top 25 business podcast and very similar to this show, so check that out. And it's not about very technical stuff like stocks and bonds. It's easy to listen to like this show. But Dan's gonna come on in a second to mention it, so I'll leave it right there. That will do it for today. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And I'll see you tomorrow for a Minimalist Monday episode where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.